All right, and welcome back to another edition of the Picket Fence Podcast. Today we are going inside the huddle with Coach Ryan Miller from Providence. He comes to us entering his fifth year at Providence High School with a 70-27 and 27 record that includes two sectional championships, a regional championship, a semi-state championship, and the 2022 Class 2A Indiana State Basketball Championship. Coach, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Great to be here with you on the picket fence. The, the Hoosier reference right out of the gate. Had to. Greatest play basketball has ever known. Absolutely. Shooter drew it up right. Yeah, I know. I went back and watched your uh, state title game from, from 2022. I didn't see you draw that up. I was a little disappointed you didn't have Casey Kalen coming around the end of the fence. Yeah, you know, we were we were we had it in our back pocket if we needed it, you know. Well, at sectional 32, I got a feeling that's probably the play they ran for shooter, and he clanked it. That's, that's right. Hey, <laughs> three, two, one, let her fly. Get it out. <laughs> Coach, we're, we're really really excited to have you on. You're the uh, fourth coach we've had on, um, our fourth uh, state title winner. Uh, really excited to have you come with a great resume. Um, so just kind of to start us off, we would just kind of like to know what's your coaching background, what sparked your love for the game, and, and really got you wanting to pursue this career? Yeah, well, you know, basketball, I, I grew up with it. As so many people here in uh, this great state of Indiana um, grow up with the game. Um my, my dad, you know, played ball uh, in high school and some in college. And um, so myself, my brother, my cousins, we just grew up playing, playing all kinds of sports together. But obviously uh, the influence of growing up here in Indiana is, is pretty strong. So basketball was something that, like I said, was just kind of uh, in, in our blood and, and something we love to do. So growing up, you know, we'd be uh, – I was watching the uh, Bill Walton um, – documentary the other day with my brother and uh, Bill Walton talked about you know uh, he said basketball uh, you know basketball uh, was his religion and and the gym was his church and uh, now I I can't say that fully we go to church every Sunday but uh, but we were in the gym a lot of Sundays and that was what my dad you know you say you know hey we're we're in our cathedral you know um, as we're here in the gym right now there we go um, yeah but um, but yeah, just just like I said, grew up with it. Um, always loved the game, um, and uh, I, I I didn't necessarily plan on being a coach, um, but it ended up working out that way after I got some opportunities to coach with some, which I'm sure we'll get into more here. But just coach with some great um, individuals. Um, I also got to play for some great individuals, uh, you know, and and eventually just kind of landed me. I, I kept trying to, I guess, get, get move away from the game, and the game just kept pulling me back in, you know. Um, so, so eventually, I guess I'll, I'd say, you know, as a youngster, I grew up fortunate, like I said, with, with my dad and, and cousins and uncles and also uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Coach Doug Bibby. When, when I was young, uh, Doug, uh, his uncle Henry Bibby and, and Mike Bibby, you may have heard of those names. Yeah, no um, doubt. Henry, Henry, a star player at UCLA under John Wooden, and then uh, on in the pros, and then of course his cousin, well his son, and then Doug's cousin Mike. So, anyways, uh, Doug was a big influence on, on me early on. Uh, he was my junior high coach, um, and uh, he just really, I guess, instilled a lot of uh, just 
intensity, fire, and um, uh, added to that love for the game. And, uh, you know, on through high school, you know, I was fortunate to, again, play with some great teammates and be surrounded by other good coaches and then and then beyond on to prep school and then, and then into college. Uh, like I said, I didn't know for sure that I was going to coach. I, I was going down a different path of uh, medicine. Uh, you know, went to medical school and thought that's what I was going to do. And uh, life, uh, I, I ended up finishing that. Um, but life, life had some other things in store for me. And uh, a couple of my buddies who I'd coached with here at Providence before, um, Lance Stemmler, uh, Dan Block, um, some other guys went to high school with Brad Denman. Um, this job came open. And then the year later, it came open again, and they just kind of said, hey, let's go for it. Um, so, so, you know, here we are doing this. But, but before that, I was very blessed and fortunate to coach under some great guys, which I know you're going to talk or ask me about. So, you know, we, we get into that whenever that time is right. But, yeah, eventually landed me here uh, coaching with some of, uh, some of my best friends. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and talk about it now because I'd, I'd love to hear about it. You've worked with some really successful head coaches in Lou Lefebvre and Todd Sturgeon. Um, what did you learn from those guys, and how much did they influence you? I know you were kind of alluding to that. Can you just talk a little bit about working with those guys? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, right out of the gate, uh, we'll, here at Providence, I was pretty young when I started coaching, uh, you know, played, played a few years after high school, you know, at the next level, and then came back home. My brother was playing and actually uh, was in high school here at Providence under uh, Coach Joe Hinton, actually, for a little while. And, and my brother loved, of course, you're, you're there with his uh, son, Joseph, Coach Hinton there at Corden. You guys are doing a great job. Um, my brother loved playing for, for Coach Hinton. Um, and then uh, after Coach Hinton uh, moved on, then, uh, then Lou Lefebvre came on board here, and um, he, he needed... Uh, he needed someone to help, and I guess I was probably about 22 years old at the time. And um, I was, like I said, I loved the game, and he saw me in the gym all the time with my brother and just said, hey, would you like to coach? And like, sure, let's do it. Um, uh, little did I know, you know, at the time that, you know, he'd be helping create a very, very solid, strong foundation for me, which I'm uh, very, very grateful for. Uh, super fortunate, you know, at the time when I took this head coaching position back in 2019, um, at the time, Coach Lefebvre and Coach Todd Sturgeon uh, were both uh, in the top five, actually both in the top three in the state of Indiana for an active win percentage. So uh, that just happened by kind of just dumb luck and good fortune, you know, that I got to coach with both of those guys. Each of them, I coached with each of them for five years. And, um, wow, I mean, talk about getting lucky, you know, um, because I, I didn't necessarily seek it out. It just kind of happened, you know, with, with Coach Lefebvre, that happened. And like I said, five years with him and then um, had a great run, number one in the state, um, several sectional titles, a couple regional titles. Um, you know, he's one of the best in the state for sure, uh, obviously known for his defense. And I picked up uh, a lot of that from him. Uh, a lot of what I do comes from him, and then a lot of what I do comes from uh, Coach Sturge as well over there at uh, Floyd Central. Met a number of great guys over there uh, during time, in addition to Coach Sturgeon, uh, Coach Greg Walters, uh, who, who I've learned a, a ton from and still do, and uh, other lifelong friends, uh, a fellow named Tom Goman, Brian Weimer, um, guys that kind of brought me over there originally. So, uh, yeah, like I said, just uh, basketball <clears throat> just kind of kept, kept finding me. 
you know, and um, I, I just was very fortunate to learn under some of the best guys. So say there's not only coaches, but but really good, 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 good dudes too. So just super blessed that way. Yeah, there's some beauty in learning how to do things from people who do it the right way consistently. Yeah. Um, a lot of times yeah. you've kind of you go through trial by fire and you learn what to do by seeing what not to do in a lot of cases yeah. and being in your in your circumstance in those shoes with with guys like coach Lefave and coach Sturgeon certainly uh, is not a detriment that's got to be a big benefit for sure yeah I mean that was for sure one of the the luckiest breaks I could have had you know in terms of uh if someone was going to be a coach to be able to learn from from two of the best right you know? and not only those guys but like I said the other people on staff you know that I got to learn from and became you know great friends with and still to this day am great friends with so um just to learn those different perspectives, different ways of doing things from guys that are both, uh, you know, very incredibly successful. Like you said, number two and number three in the state, you know, at the time. So it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, and uh, I I don't mean to take away, but also you mentioned some great coaches there at Floyd Central. I'd be remiss if we didn't mention our, our mutual good buddy, Mike Wiltro there at Floyd Central as well. Oh, yeah, of course. We kind of with that guy. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's a ton of guys to mention, but Mike is definitely one of them. Um, like I said, yeah, thank you for bringing Mike up. I, I, I knew we were going to probably talk about him. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, just the number of – I mean, that's that's really – you know, in coaching, like, that's what it's about. You know, the uh, your typical fan may not understand, but these, these people become your family. You guys know that, you know. Um, so a guy like Michael Wilcher, he's he's like a brother to me. Uh, as a matter of fact, we are going to go, we're going to go here later this summer to the Red River Gorge, do some hiking and camp out. And um, yeah, these people become your family. You know, you spend more time with them um, than your own family for you know about five months out of the year. So I, I don't know if people understand like how intense um, those relationships are, and and when you're surrounded by. Uh, not just good basketball minds, but more importantly, just great men. Um, that's just a true blessing in life because you're spending a lot of time together. Yeah. <clears throat> Coach, uh, you know, you come into Providence, obviously going into your fifth year, but Providence has been a program that's been established and has had success for a number of years prior. They're a fairly well-known program around the state. Uh I had the, I guess you could say, the pleasure or the pain of playing against your brother in high school. Uh, okay. I'm a class of 05, so. Yeah, yeah. Got a couple yeah, of got a, got a couple of runs against him. Uh, yeah. But with you guys, you know, kind of being at your alma mater, is there any added pressure, added expectations that you feel in that, even though despite Providence has been a program that's had success for the last, you know, 25 years? Yeah, um, I mean, it is, you know, I remember it's, it's awesome to hear you say that, and then to, um, it's very gratifying, it's very gratifying, um, and, and makes me proud as, as an alum of, of Providence High School, uh, for people to say that about, about our program, and, and, you know, not, not just, not just my program, our program, right, like over a number of right. years, and, um, because uh, some of us, me being one of them, uh, remember when that was not always the case. Um, originally, the school was, you know, when it first started in 1951 there, the early years, you know, had a lot of success. And then 
went through a, a little period, a, a little downturn, uh, which I which I will tell the boys about. You know, some some of the years when uh, growing up, when I would come to some games and and you know Providence would get whipped up on pretty good by uh, you know by by you know which is which is fine. Those were great teams. You know the New all in the '90s. You know they're in the you know '90s with the New Albany teams and the Jeff teams and. Floyd and these were teams that were state title, you know, teams, uh, state title caliber teams. Right. But um, so so to have the program where it is now, it's something that um, <clears throat> I certainly do not take for granted for one second, and uh, it's something I'm very um, grateful and and proud, uh, you know, to be a part of um, because it it really is a great community, and of course I'm. I'm biased, you know, it's my alma mater, but it is. It's just a wonderful community. It's, it's a small, you have a family feel to it, and, you know, we're a Catholic, you know, Catholic Christian school, a place where our faith truly bonds us together. And uh, like I said, it's a very tight-knit community, and um, it's, it's been awesome to see the, the folks from, from the past decades, you know, come back and be very um, appreciative and proud of, of their alma mater and, and of how the boys, you know, uh, conduct themselves and, um, and, and play ball. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not pressure. It's, well, I mean, it's, it's a good pressure. It's, it's a pressure that uh, we put on ourselves. It's more of an internal pressure than an external pressure, but it's one that we welcome. Uh, it's one that we encourage, and it's one we're grateful for. Well, kind of like you said, you know, it goes back to talking about Coach Hinton when he came in and took over the program, then you have Coach Lefebvre, and you've certainly taken the torch and you've ran in the right direction with it. I think that's very commendable on your behalf because it's easy to kind of falter or take that kind of stuff for granted when you've got a program with the history like Providence the last couple of years where they're perennially um, either competing in a sectional championship game or winning a sectional championship, competing for regional titles. kind of easy to come in and maybe kind of get a little bit lax in those situations. And I, I certainly would say you've done the complete opposite. You've taken that thing and continue to run the torch in the right direction. So I think that speaks volumes about you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, when we came on board and um, there were a lot of challenging circumstances for some of the, the gentlemen that, that were here prior to us coming on board and you know, the program had definitely, um, it had fallen on some, some difficult times through no fault. I want to be very careful to say through no fault of, of any singular person. There were just a multitude of factors that um, it had fallen on some hard times. So part of coming back was, was reminding these boys of, of our proud tradition and um, of, of the expectations. Um, and, and they, they certainly did a great job. And uh, we have great uh, young men here who are very coachable. Uh, credit to their, their families, their parents, their upbringing. And uh, they're just a pleasure to coach. Yeah, for sure. So I'd like to kind of continue that point um, and talk about maybe some of the foundations and principles that you brought into the program when you took over um, five years ago. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, we just, you know, that's the thing, guys, is, as you all, probably know as, as coaches and I, I even somewhat naively thought that it would be a and there is a degree of it like a, this 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 um, recurring cyclical uh, refilling you know um, 
situation where it's like, hey, you get this thing established and rolling, and then it's just it just kind of keeps going. And there's some truth to that, but that's certainly uh, you got to start over every year to a degree, and you got to start from the the basics, the foundations. And there are some years, and we've been blessed. We've been very fortunate the past years where we just had we've had great leadership. And, and we've had some continuity in the things. You know, our team that won the title in 22, uh, they were sophomores when we came on board. You know, our team last year, who just was a phenomenal team, I, I, you know, great, great kids, and uh, even, even you know, uh, just as good as that other team, you know, arguably. Um, but, you know, we had these guys from the start. So, so there's, there's something to that. They, they've seen it from, from the bottom up. And now with some of the younger kids that are coming up, there is maybe a sense of like, hey, well, we just win here, which is a, which is good, but it's also something that you guys were saying, you know, we can't take that for granted. We got to keep building from the ground up in a way, you know, from with our foundation, like year in and year out. You cannot skip any steps ever. The, the, the moment you start doing that, you start losing your identity. Um, so that was my <laughs> that was my long-winded way, which I'm good at doing. If you ask my players, of uh, <laughs> of getting to your uh, of getting to, to, to the basics, because we just had this conversation. Our last, we had a, a great summer. It was a lot of fun. We placed, we faced, we played some of the top teams in in Kentucky, in Indiana, in Ohio, and it was it was great competition for us and. Uh, great challenge when we grew uh, that's what you want but uh there were some things especially with our younger guys like hey you know before before we go off because we got a lot of multi-sport kids as you guys kind of probably you know coming from some some you know more moderate sized schools yourselves yep. you know you're used to having those multi-sport athletes um where you don't have your guys year-round you know um so that's the case here at providence we got several of those guys so we came back together uh, on Monday, I guess it was last Monday, you know, um, after the Charlie Hughes tournament, and I said, hey, we're just going to come in. We just had a, a kind of a fun practice. But for me, it was fun. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was. We, we got after it. We did some things. But um, we then went up to the classroom, and, and we just we, we talked about, hey, this is what we're about. Um, just, just to remind you before you go off, you know, and, and this, it's, it's really simple. You know, it's things we, we never can, can never can afford to get away from. And we talk about attitude and effort. And we talk about attitude. We talk about a good positive attitude and a tough attitude that's, uh, you know, that's ready to endure adversity. Um, we, we talk, you know, effort, obviously, just, just doing your best. Um, and then we talk about energy and enthusiasm, you know, because to uh, – to be successful in anything in life, and especially in this game where it's it's a it's an arduous, long, tough season filled with adversity, you got to be bringing energy and you got to be bringing enthusiasm on a daily basis if you want to get better. Um, so those are kind of some of the core things, and then most importantly, you know, the, the, the what I told the boys day one back in late May of 2019, I said the number one determinant of of your success in this program is how you answer the question. You know, am I helping those around me be better? So uh, we encapsulate that with 
you know, just we, not me. You know, we're thinking about each other, not ourselves. And uh, but that's that's number one for us. It it all it all begins with that. And um, you know, beyond those things, you know, we talk about you know our identity of play. We say we want to we want to play hard, harder, smarter, and together. And and uh, the, the playing harder and playing more together, those things as coaches talk about. Uh, some coaches use the word non-negotiables. You know, for us, those would be a couple of non-negotiables. You are going to play hard, and you are going to play together. You're going to be unselfish. Um, and then we, we like to get to the point to where we can play really smart as well. You know, that, that can be a process, <laughs> you know. But, um, and it, it took us a while. We, we have intelligent kids. But, you know, we have very intelligent kids. We do, very intelligent kids. But, you know, intelligence and, and basketball understanding and awareness um, are, are two different things. Yeah, you know, no but, doubt. But, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we, we've all been there, right? Yeah. Like, what were you thinking? Absolutely. We've only told you that 500 times, and we've only practiced it 500 times. But um, but that's part of the process, right? And that's, that's what I'm talking about, though, that renewal. You know, each year, you just gotta you just got to start from the ground up, you know, every year. And you can't skip a step because um, it'll come back to bite you, I think, if you do. But yeah, just the basics. Those are our basics. And then we talk about, you know, just just keeping things overall, just overview. You know, defend, rebound, and value the ball. Those three things. You know, so I I, I kind of think you, you can't be great at everything. You know, if you try to be great at everything, you're, you're going to end up being probably mediocre at a lot of things. So we want to identify some areas that we think, you know, that that personally I think I can coach, uh, hopefully fairly well. And that, that work for, for our kids and for our program. And, you know, defend, rebound, value the ball. Value the ball means take care of it, don't turn it over, and take good shots. You know, so it's, uh, it's pretty simple, but they're things that we actually try to do and not just talk about, you know. So that's, that's us. And then lastly, not lastly, but just to not go on too long, I, I just a big thing for us that we like to talk about are having player-led teams. So, you know, the, the head coach and the coaching staff, they need to set the tone. You know, but ultimately we want the players to take that. You know, I think as Derek talked about taking the torch, that's what we want them to do. We want them to take that torch. We want them to take ownership of their team because they're the ones who are getting this experience. You know, as, as we say, I don't know how long I'll do this, but I, I did it for 10 years as an assistant. And now, you know, going on fifth year as a head coach. And, um, you know, but these kids, as we tell them, as a varsity player, you only get a couple years, you know, so it's your time. And um, you need to you need to take this. It's yours. Make it yours, and uh, and you lead this team. So uh, that that's something that, that we think uh, is important. Do you find yourself maybe having to kind of coax them along to have to run with the torch every now and then, or do you have some guys that yeah, are willing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. that's part of it. You know, um, I mean, not not all uh, leaders are created equal, right? And, and some <laughs> sometimes we have just those natural born leaders. Right. You know, which which we did on our state championship team. We, we had some of those in last year. We did, too, and I think this year we will as well. Um, you know, um, but there's always – it, it, it takes it takes one or two, you know, great leaders who then have to pull some others on board. Um, but, yeah, as a coach, uh, as, as you pointed out, as you guys are pointing out there, yeah, it doesn't just happen. you gotta you got to make it happen with them. You know, you, you have to you have to show them the way through 
through example and through, um, and you know, and it's great when you have those guys who have come through the system. And, you know, we'll have guys come back and talk to them, guys who were star players here in the past who can kind of share with them, like, hey, these are the expectations. You know, this is what right. we're about, and this is what leadership looks like. You know, so uh, I think those things are really valuable too, just having those guys that from your past that can come back, you know, into the program and and really share that with your boys. Some some guys that are maybe a little closer to their age, who, who are closer to that experience and who can speak to that and the boys can, you know, hopefully relate to that some. Yeah, no doubt. Coach, um, in, the, in that, you kind of mentioned a couple things. You mentioned the process. You mentioned the Charlie Hughes tournament. Uh, you know, as we get into July here, summer's kind of wrapping up. We're in the middle of dead week now. Uh, what is what does your approach to summer basketball look like? What are some of the goals? What are some of the things you're trying to get out of that kind of four-week period there that we get to really kind of dive headfirst into basketball? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've gone – back and forth with some of my coaching buddies as, as I think they've been through this the summer period um, kind of thinking you know sometimes they thought man it's super valuable super necessary other times think oh man you know I don't know if it's worth all the effort we put into it but ultimately I, I, I come back to especially for, uh, for for us at Providence I, I think it's very valuable um, and we, we put a lot of effort into it. Now it helps when you got when you've had some good teams and some motivated players. And and honestly, I realize that we've been fortunate that way that we've had some really motivated kids. And uh, and honestly, like you know, I've seen you know some of my close coaching buddies who, who are great coaches, but um, those those great runs don't always last forever. You know, those yeah. great players don't always last forever um you know so so it's it makes it a, a bit more fun and enjoyable you know when you got that and and i think you need to do your best to appreciate it knowing that that doesn't always happen you know but when you do i think you got to take full advantage of it and and you got to face some good competition and well, like we were able to this year you know uh, went down to shelbyville kentucky and got to play uh you know, last year's state championship team, uh, Warren Central at a bowling green with a Mr. Basketball candidate and got to advance to the final game there and got to play a team called Lyon County who I didn't know who they were, but they got some kid who scored over 4,000 points in his career. Good pretty Lord. good. Okay, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we, we're sitting there, you know, all, all the Big Ten coaches are there, you know, watching. Now, they weren't watching. They weren't uh, trying to watch Providence, but but they were forced to. Um <laughs> But, uh, but, but no, I mean, our kids, you know, our kids, to their credit, um, came to battle and, and take the summer very seriously, as we do as coaches, just because uh, especially for a smaller school like us, where we don't have our guys for, we don't have our core group together again until November, right. you know, because um, we got a lot of football kids and soccer kids, you know, um, whatever other sports, tennis, you know, during the fall. Um, we'll have some of them with us, you know, but then during the spring, you know, you're getting some stuff done and we got a lot of baseball kids and, you know, kids doing other, other sports. So, um, 
some are super valuable for us and it, it's it, it, it probably is different for different coaches and different coaches have different stances and takes on it but um for us we think it's a time you know we played i guess 19 games and had 12 practices you know in 26 days uh sometimes that can be a bit much and maybe it was um as a couple years ago uh, one of our players it was the summer of uh, 21 going into our, that 21-22 season, and our seniors informed me. I just totally didn't realize it, <laughs> but we had gone like 13 days without a break. <laughs> but um, I didn't mean to do that. I was like, well, sorry about that. Uh, here, you guys get a couple days off here. <laughs> um, but it's just it's just so intense. Um, now, uh, I've been more mindful about that this year. I didn't do that to them this year. But um, – but, uh, it's it's intense, but but if you got the kids that are motivated and 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 can and want to do that, then I think it's it can be a valuable springboard, you know, into the season. And it can also, as I was talking to Matt Dennison about this, you know, just a few weeks ago, it can serve as a good barometer, you know, for where you're at. And and maybe most importantly, it lets your players develop into the new roles that they're going to be seeing, you know, the following season. Right. So so for that, I think that's most valuable that way and uh you know i know some coaches are like you know hey you're not winning any championships in the summer and that yeah very true and and you know and you do want to make sure you're developing guys and getting guys playing time but as i was talking to coach steve kerberg if you guys know him a great coach at christian academy for you know about a decade and then he had been at new albany assistant and we were just kind of laughing we we're like damn we're just we're just too too daggone competitive though to not try to win <laughs> Even yeah. though that really shouldn't be the primary focus of summer, but you know, which I which I told my some of my younger coaches, like, hey, you know, this is about development, you know, providing those opportunities for guys to to get some playing time, uh, learn their new roles. I think those are the most important things. But then sometimes our competitive spirit, you know, can kick in. But we want our guys to be competitive too. You know, whenever our guys are showing up to play, we say, hey, you don't show up to play, you show up to compete. You know, and I don't care if that's uh, in in June or or in March or if if it's in a three on three game in July. You know, here in the gym, like we're not here to play; we're here to compete. So, um, I, you know, there's there's always an opportunity to, to get some good competition during the summer as well. And uh, I, I think it's valuable. Ask me a few years from now, and I might change my tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, I kind of want to continue on that point that when you talk about competing, so. Um, in early 2020, uh, I had the pleasure of attending one of your practices right after you'd won a sectional. You're preparing for the regional. Um, we had mentioned Michael Wilcher uh, earlier. Yeah. He invited me to come with him, and you invited him to come watch it. And you could just feel the intensity and competitiveness at that practice. And there's a lot of great teaching um, for you guys, and you had your whole staff out there really making points with different players. You could see that they were being really competitive about it. How do you... And maybe it's a, not as easy to answer, but how, how do you approach instilling that culture of competitiveness every single day? And I know you're preparing for a regional, so the stakes are a little bit higher, but um, I'm sure it looks like that day-to-day you're talking about three-on-three in the summer. How do you continue to build that, that kind of competitive culture? Um, man, yeah, you, you're right. You have to be unrelenting with that. And, and like I said, there are a few things that we focus on. Um, I mean, let me clarify, too, when I said, hey, you can only be great in a few areas, I, I think. Now, you also want to make sure you're not weak in any areas, you know, areas that, that'll, that'll get you beat. So, so that's our goal. But one of those few areas that we want to be strong in is, uh, you know, Coach, uh, Coach LaFave would talk about this. 
and and I agree with him. He says, you know, um, playing hard is a skill. It is a skill, and it has to constantly be developed. And for us, you know, you talked about my coaching staff. I, um, of course, I, I'm biased, but I think a lot of people would agree that uh, we're pretty fortunate, you know, to have the, the number of quality coaches we have on our staff. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm answering your question through, through I guess, this, but uh, a shout-out to my staff. Uh, Lance Stimler, you know, team captain at IU. Didn't just play for IU, but was a team captain at IU. That, that says something right there. Um, you know, and there was a top ten team in the nation um, his senior year. Um, Dan Block, who, who, uh, who, who actually coached at IU, he was on the bench on the 2002 uh, final game. You know, um, he was a manager under, under Bob Knight and then, and then was on staff with uh, Coach Mike Davis. Um, so, uh, you know, I have those guys. And then, and then uh, uh, Mike Gossman, who's been coaching for like 30-plus uh, years, um, he, he knows everybody. You go to these coaching uh, – or, excuse me, you go to these tournaments, and he runs into coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, you, you name them. Like, they know Coach Gods. Uh, this guy's – as they say, he's, he's forgotten more basketball than, than I, I've ever learned kind of guy, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, to, and to add to him, you know, a guy like Brad Denman, who, who does so many logistical things that, that – the behind-the-scenes things that, that people don't understand – like how much goes into uh, coaching to have someone like that on staff who, who takes care of that and, and does such a tremendous job. A guy named Bart Mikowski who, who is here day in and day out with the boys and leads us in prayer, you know, every single day. Uh, Chris Carruthers, a young man who, you know, he, he could, you know, someday if he decides to, he'll, he'll be a tremendous head coach. He's our JV coach, you know. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble if I forget something. You know, our, our, our freshman coaches, you know, all guys that, that played for, uh, for Coach Lefebvre and I, you know, when they were younger um, in high school. So to have these guys come back and then kind of know the system and to be able to teach our young guys. So um, I, I guess, you know, what, you know, and my, my brother, you know, comes around some, you know, Keevan. And, and like I said, some of our other former players will show up. And, you know, we got a guy, Bryce Hutchins, who shows up some. He was on that team you alluded to and he's now a manager over at Bellarmine you know he'll show up and talk to the guys but the number of so I guess what I'm saying is when you have that many guys that are around and that are constantly who are empowered to have a voice and and to teach and instruct and push um then then that's like a that's a real blessing and um uh, it's as, as one coach with one set of eyes you know, you're going to miss. You're going to miss a lot of things. But when you have a lot of good people around you who know that you want you want me as the head coach, I want their voice to be heard. Um, and we have that, that uh, trust and relationship that, that we've built over years, then, um, th- then, then you're able to, to catch a lot of things as a coaching staff together. Um, so I, I would just give a lot of credit to them and uh, – and, and then I would just say, me personally, there's one thing that, that pisses me off, and that's when my team doesn't play hard or, or, or if they play selfishly. So those two yeah. things, that ain't going to happen, or, or, or we're just going to get on the line and we're going to run a whole lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a join-the-club conversation there. A few things are going to drive you nuts more than lack of effort and turn the ball over. That's right. That, yeah, yeah, those, those two will do it. <laughs> 
so, Coach, to, to continue talking about your staff, and I'd love to hear you praise those guys. Um, when you guys won the state title, you had kind of talked about, and I would heard people talk about the roles that those um, guys play, and maybe it's scouting or what they're calling and looking for on the bench. Um, yeah. do, you, do you delegate certain things at those times? How much does, you know, maybe um, just a personal just mind, just the analytics of the game, do you have guys that are looking at just, you know, the numbers, guys who are looking at just defense, offense, or, are you, you know, are there roles that are split up yeah. for the member? Yeah, you know, we've all kind of, I think, organically, again, I've been really lucky this way because um, it doesn't always happen organically, you know. Um, and, and I am back here coaching at Providence because of these guys in large part. You know, they kind of said, like, hey, let's do this together. And and I don't know that I would have um, dove into this if, if those guys hadn't have given that push and said hey we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do this um together um so yeah they all you know like coach block he breaks down film and, and is a master at it and he's he looks at some of the analytics and stuff like that as a matter of fact he met we were at the final four together um you know this past year because he's good buds with uh, dusty may they were uh they were uh managers and on the coaching staff together at iu you know now the the coach at fau um on the plane ride back, and boy, talk about a small world, the, the coaching community, a super, super small world, especially when you're from Indiana. Um, it's, it's wild. But um, we ran into a, a young man on a coaching staff uh, on the plane ride back. We were sitting next to him, and we strike up a conversation. He's starting up some analytics you know, deal, and he, he is on a D1 program. With, uh, and he does analytics for them. So that's not really something that I do a ton of, um, but I do understand there's value to that. And, and Coach Block is all about it. So is Coach Stimler. So I'll let them uh, run with it uh, because I know it's valuable. Um, and they're good at it and they're into it, you know. Um, but, yeah, everybody kind of has a thing, you know. Um, like I said, though, it, I mean, if, if we get someone new on staff, you know, you kind of – which we had there for, for, for a minute, um, you know, it, it, there is a break-in period, right, where you're kind of feeling each other out. Um, and you, but, but, you know, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you also want to give people some guidance. Excuse me for a second. I'm going to get that post-workout drink like you, Derek, there you go. a little bit uh, <laughs> after I do my workout. Um, but, yeah, obviously you want to give, give, give people guidance. But, but what I like even more is if we can just organically kind of come to an understanding um, of where you're able to do what you do best, focus on what you do best. Um, now, if we're all focused on the same thing, that's when I think the head coach needs to provide some, some more guidance and kind of say, hey, why don't you focus on this? But, yeah, and we will within a practice. You know, we'll just say, hey, you know, if I don't, if we don't like either I or, or an assistant coach will say, hey, we're not blocking out. And it's like, all right, good. For the rest of practice, you're watching that. You know, or, hey, we're not closing out properly. All right, perfect. You're watching that. You know, while we're doing an offensive drill, it's like, well, you know, a lot of times then the defense struggles. Or we're doing a defensive drill, then the offense struggles. So I'll tell, you know, Coach Tim, hey, you watch the offense while I'm watching the defense, you know. Or, or vice versa with, with Coach Carruthers or, or whoever else, you know, Coach Guys. Um, just just even little things, though, like I think go a long way. And someone said, you know, like uh, I guess Tom Izzo, you know, he'll do that. He'll, he'll just say, hey, you're just responsible for rebounding. 
you're making sure these guys are going to the glass, you know, every time a shot goes up, you know. So I think I think those those little things like that are, are very valuable. And um, like I said, if, if I got kind of fortunate because I've known these guys for a long time. Um, but I think if, if you haven't known them for a long time and you're just starting a staff, there needs to be that break in period. You know, number one thing is just building that trust and knowing that we're pulling in the same direction. But um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's good to give some guidance and and especially look at some specific things like that can be very helpful. Otherwise, you get a bunch of guys just standing around, you know, just listening to me talk, and that's not real productive. Right? Yeah. Trying to be quiet, and let you guys talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so to, to kind of flip the switch a little bit, to kind of pull a 180, going from, from your staff coach to looking at some other coaches in the area, um, are there any coaches in particular or certain styles of play that maybe give you more issues or more problems when it comes to scouting different programs and different coaches? And you may not want to divulge yeah. all of it. You may not want to give too much away here. but Yeah, really good players. Really good players are hard to go against. Um, you know, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um, I, I, I did listen to – I know you guys interviewed Coach Shannon, and I listened to his, and he was kind of like, well, I don't want to leave anybody out. So I, I, I get that, and I kind of feel that way um, as well. Let me say this. Like, the, the uh, coaching in our area is so strong. Um, it, is, it is hard to just straight up – out coach anybody around here because the coaching just so good um and uh, you know that's that's obviously par for the course here in indiana you know uh when it comes to basketball um but yeah i mean you know when, when we face teams that um you know either play a similar style like i will say like when we had to play uh coach lefave and coach sturgeon the past several years those were always really hard games because it's like looking in the mirror to a degree, right. you know. Except, except, except they were, uh, except they were like five inches taller and twenty pounds bigger at every spot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we we wish we were looking in that same mirror. Um, no, but um, yeah, you know those those Floyd teams have been huge, you know, over the past several years and just yeah. awesome. And and same thing with with Coach Lefebvre's uh, North Harrison teams, you know. Um, so that was really hard, and you might think, well, you, you kind of, you, it's almost counterintuitive, but it was really hard to play them. You know, but anytime you play a team that's well-coached with good players, like, that's going to be hard to face. But but the, the number of coaches, I could go on and on in our area, and I'll say something else. You know, another thing that can be difficult is if you're playing a, 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 a style that is completely contrasting to yours, Right. So you just don't face it. So, so in practice, you know, we don't – we try not to dribble a whole lot, you know, and uh, we try to, like, pass the ball and get ball reversals and move it through the air and cut and screen and do all these kind of things. Um, you know, that's how we try to play on offense. However, we got, we got to do a lot of breakdown drills defensively for teams because what a lot of teams now, obviously, you guys know, with good ball handlers and good shooters, you know, they just want to play in space, right? They want to put the ball in, in the hands of – of their playmakers, and now these playmakers are guys that can stop and pull up off the bounce from from pro range, you know, and and then they're they're looking to penetrate, get to the rim, penetrate and kick. So we got to practice a lot against what we don't do, if right. that makes sense. 
Um, because it's difficult. If you don't, it's really difficult to try to be, hey, we're going to prep for this team, you know, for a couple days that does stuff entirely different than us. So um, those in general, I would just say, you know, teams that are kind of like looking in a mirror can be difficult to face, but also teams that do things completely a different, a completely different style, I think, can be difficult to face too. But I'll, I'll just say this in general about our coaches in the area. Um, what great guys, too, across the board, um, you know, here, especially the coaches that I know here in, you know, Floyd, uh, well, Clark, Floyd, and, and Harrison counties, um, you know, are, which I would consider our general, but I guess even beyond that, right? I mean, heck, it, we head up 65 and out that way and, you know, beyond, you know, the other counties and beyond, like just such, such uh, good dudes, too. We have, I think, really, which is neat, like, I think we have uh, healthy, friendly rivalries. Um, that are built upon mutual respect. And um, that's a neat thing about our area. And uh, I, I respect, you know, the, the coaches in our area immensely. And, uh, and I like them, too. They're really good dudes. So I think we're just really fortunate around here uh, where we sit currently just to have. We really do build each other up. And when, we, when we're able to advance out of sectionals and then move beyond, we are so much stronger uh, as a result of having faced these really good teams uh, who are very well coached. And, and, the, and these guys were all like, when we made our run, the number of coaches that, that reached out to me, not only in, in congratulations, but to actually help me. You know, and these are guys that we do battle with during the season, but we ultimately realized that, you know, we're, we're in a fraternity together and we're actually in this together trying to do it for uh, – for the same reasons, you know, the right reasons, you know. So we're just super, uh, super lucky right now in this area to have such quality coaches and such good, such good guys. Well, and, and coach, you know, it's you guys put together for a two-way school, you know, with, with no conference affiliation, you could certainly put together and kind of probably cherry pick your schedule, I guess. But you guys definitely, you put together a schedule that's tough um, and not just necessarily, you know, 2A, 3A tough, but you put together a pretty tough schedule across the board for the southern half of the state. And, you know, you go out and you play the New Albany. If you, I had an AD who helped, then <laughs> You've got, you know, you, sorry, play, sorry. you play the New Albany's, you, you play the Jeffs, you play the Floyds. Uh, you know, you go out and you, you play Silver Creek, which, you know, they've been very talented the last couple of years. You venture out, you play some of the Evansville schools occasionally. Uh, yep. How do you feel like that helps prepare you guys for March? Yeah, it's you're exactly right. It's it's a tremendous preparation for March, and and uh, I attribute um, you know our our run you know in to, to the state championship there uh, a lot to the caliber and quality of of players and coaches uh, that we face in this area. It is, uh, I know, like, you know, maybe back in the day, you know, central Indiana, the metro Indy and northern Indiana, you know, might get a little more uh, respect, you know, and love from the rest of the state. But I'm telling you, we got good basketball down here in southern Indiana for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I mean, the rest of the state does as well. But but we, it, it was apparent, like, man, you know, and we had quite a few losses, you know, Um like we don't we don't just like even with our really good teams we don't just run the table you know um because we face so many good programs so many good teams 
and and that's that's okay. That's good. You know, that's how you learn. You know, you learn by uh, by 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 getting beat. You know, yeah. you obviously gain confidence and and uh, you know by by getting facing those strong teams and and you know getting some wins. But but the losses are very valuable. And um, you know, we face some of these teams that you know might have one or two losses on the year, and and they're great teams. You know, they're great and they're just kind of dominating people. Um, and and for us. We like the fact that we've been in a lot of close, tough games, you know, and have had to learn through some through some adversity, through some losses. Um, so I think that's very valuable. And like I said, I attribute a lot of that run to the quality of, of teams that we get to play down here in Southern Indiana. Yeah, I'd have to agree. We've got into that with a lot of the other coaches about just how how much talent's been around this area and how many people have made some runs. And um, to use that. Yeah. I'd really like to talk about your, your 2022 state championship. Um, so you guys um, beat Central Noble in the state title game. And honestly, I've, I've gone back and watched it several times. Uh, the IHSA will post it on YouTube, and you can watch those games. I mean, I, I would almost call it a, a game that looked like, from the outside, a, a perfectly executed basketball game. Um, can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> I mean, just, just, just don't ask them to do it again. Right, right, right. No, no, you're right. It was, it was. Uh, you, you were, you were continuing. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, it, like it's, it looks like that. I mean, it's you can, you can just see that. And and just from an outsider, I'm just curious. Um, can you talk a little bit about that team? Just kind of, you know, what made them special? Those guys, maybe individually and as a team. But then also, yeah. Um, maybe that game plan that executed. It seemed to be to be a, you know, you played at a pace that was a little faster. Maybe what you're accustomed to playing. Um, you know, I kind of like you know kind of have the floor there like what what was the plan there what were these guys doing that just made that group special man that was uh it was you know as people will use this word and and i i mean it it was that was a magical run um obviously we were a good team uh they had beaten a lot of they had faced and 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 able to to beat a lot of really good teams throughout the course of the regular season. But uh, talk about peaking at the right time. That group was the epitome of that. Um, and it was just so fun to be a part of it. Um, the kids were just, I'll tell you, like you say, hey, what made that group special? Um, they were just so incredibly selfless. And they all just fit, you know, I talk about like being a piece of the puzzle. And if you just take, take one piece out, you know, the, the, the picture is no longer complete, you know. And those guys, they were each a piece of the puzzle, and they knew it, and, and they bought into it. And, and so, so did last year's team, you know. Um, and last year's team, I, I thought, could have made a run, too. We just, you know, came up, you know, one shot, one play short. Um, but uh, they all bought into 100%. Like, this is my role on the team. This is what I do. And not only, not only did they, did they um, accept those rules, they embraced them uh, selflessly, fully. And, and did that happen overnight? No, it did not. You know, but, but it happened over the course of their career. And it happened over the course of that season. And things just started to fall into place. And we had a lot of close games, you know, and we had to beat 
in the SAG, and we had to beat the number four team, the number three team, and the number two team in the state. And the number two team was Central Noble, who, who defeated uh, the number one team, you know, uh, earlier on their run. Um, you know, the teams we played, <laughs> we played three of the, like, in the entire state. Uh, actually, when we played Eastern Hancock, they were number one in margin of victory. And then we played, after we played them, Central Noble was, was the week before they had been number two. And after that, then they were number one, you know, in margin of victory. And, and Lenton Stockton was, was like, was like top ten, you know, top five, top ten. So, I mean, these were like dominant powerhouse teams. And if you would have said, like, we were going to make that run at the beginning of the year, I would have said, I'm not so sure about that. Um, but it just, it just shows you what, what is possible when a group of, of young men and, and a group of coaches all come together with a common goal and are 100% undeterred from rowing in the same direction together. Um, you know, because we didn't have, you know, the Division One players and, you know, now Casey Kalen was, admittedly, he, he was a star for us during that run and he was just awesome. Uh, but so were, I could go on about each one of those guys. And the awesome thing about that team is each one of them had their moment, you know, in that postseason where they just stepped up. And you're like, dang, I've been waiting to see this young man, like, step up and do this. And then when they do it on the biggest stages, as a coach, it just makes you so proud. And um, that's the other thing I don't think people understand. Like, you know, we spend more time with these boys than their parents do, you know, for, for yeah. uh, about half the year, you know. Basketball season is a long season. You know, um, and especially when you make a run like that, you know, and we, we have long practices and the boys, the boys, that, that group. And last year we'd have a similar thing, too. They just stick around. We would have, a, a, you know, a, a, I probably I probably needed to curb my practices some, but we'd often have two and a half, three hour practices, even deep into the season. And the boys, after two and a half, three hour practice, you know, that would be film film session two in there. But they'd stay another 30 minutes. 45 minutes just getting up shots this would be you know in in march you know all throughout february all throughout march and when you see kids doing that like we're not telling them to do that you know sometimes i had to tell them like go home <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but they just they just loved the game and they loved each other they, they just loved being in each other's company and you could tell like there was just a almost when it was over there was a morning for it was like okay, wow, this is so unbelievable. We just, you know, accomplished this together. But there was there was an element of bittersweet and, and almost a, a tinge of sadness to it because it was over, you know? And it was like, and, that, and that's when you realize, you know, when you, when you get those experiences, you realize, like, it truly is about the journey, you know? But like that destination, like like the, the, the true euphoria of having some of those moments of, of winning a sectional and, and a regional and and then semi-state and then getting to go to state and then winning state you're like man this is this is uh just so unbelievably awesome but um but truly when it's all said and done you realize and that's what i came to the conclusion after this year you know when we did come up short and those boys were were so much like the last year's team you know that that was able to do it and you just won it for them so much because they worked so hard you know, but but you realize at the end of the day, man, it's about it's about the lessons you learn, it's about the relationships you develop, and it's about the memories that you make together, and and that that all happens in the journey.
you know, and, and that's what it's about. Um, but when you're able to have just when you're able to be blessed with something like like what we were blessed with, um, because those other teams we, we played, they were deserving too. they worked hard, too. They were awesome, too. And, uh, you know, only one team can can win it, though. And, and when you're fortunate enough for that to happen to you and then, man, we're going to get together uh, next week, as a matter of fact, as, as a group, all of us, we get together and we watch the game and just uh, catch up and, and celebrate. I do that with our first year's team as well, the, the 2019-2020 group um, who, who won sectional. And as you were talking about, you were out of practice before. That was right before COVID hit and then everything shut down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, these, these that's the neat thing about, though, when you get to make a run, it, it, it bonds you together in a way that um, is just so special, you know. And, and we'll be bonded with, with those boys forever. Um, and, and when you get that, you just you just want that. You want that for, for your boys, you know, um, just because especially when especially when they put in the work. And that's what we tell them, you know, you have you have to earn the right to deserve to win. You have to earn that right. And, and that's what that group in 22 did. Um, they earned the right to have that opportunity, you know, and um, through, through their hard work. And, and, and through their selflessness, uh, through through their genuine care and love of each other, they earned that that opportunity. And and like you said, like yeah, that that last game was something like it's like <laughs> sometimes I still just laugh, you know, <laughs> just like how well they played. Um, it, it all just came together, and yeah, they bought into the game plan 100%, and they executed it to a T. Because you know that was a, that was an excellent team as well. That. Central Noble team, and like I said, multiple of the teams that we faced along the way were, were just tremendous teams, um, you know, and uh, our boys played, quite honestly, they played the game of their life uh, as a collective unit, and um, it was just such an awesome thing uh, to witness and be a part of. Well, you know, I would say any sort of state championship has got to be special and just be an amazing thing to be a part of, but it's got to feel even better on your part, you know, to know that you've got a group of boys in that case, in that season, that when they walked out of the gym, you knew that they laid everything out there that they had. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, what what, what great leaders we had, you know. Um, what great leaders, you know. Th- that that senior class and then this past year's senior class. And, and, heck, you know, the groups before them, too. And that's what they understood. They understood they were also playing for, for the guys that came before them, you know, who didn't have that opportunity, that 2019-20 that team, the the, the team after that, you know, th- those guys who were who were great, great young men and great leaders too. Um, so you know, really, you know, the, the the road was paved by those who came before them, and and they were, uh, you know, that they they were ready to to take it on. And um, yeah, but what special special young men, and um, just like I said, more importantly than th- th- they are better. They were really good basketball players, but but they were better teammates than they were basketball players. You know, we did we didn't have like I said, we didn't have the the, the Indiana All Star or, or or you know um, multiple Division One players, but we had a collective group of really good high school basketball players who who understood what their role was and they understood that they were that piece of the puzzle and a very important one. And when they all came together, they created a, an awesome picture. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, go ahead, Cam. Oh, yeah. So, Coach, I just 
I, I, that's that's awesome to hear, and I love I love watching that team and seeing, uh, especially. Um, I was always always enjoyed watching Casey Kalen play basketball. Uh, Casey was just so yeah. fun, complete. Um, he's kind of a player I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about in with him as well as as that game. Just being kind of the Derek and I, I think we consider ourselves pretty like heavy basketball nerds. Um, if you don't want to give up too much, that's okay. Could you talk a little bit about preparing for that game, preparing for someone like Connor Asijan, um, who was, you know, uh, one of the all-time leaders in scoring in the state, and, um, you know, what your game plan a little bit. If you don't want to give up too much, I understand. But I'm just curious to know, like, preparing for school with that caliber of player and, and having the guys you had, what, what kind of went into that? Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's an awesome player. And um, yeah, I, I, heck, I'm, I watch him all the time. I, I love uh, Wisconsin, I love watching Wisconsin basketball. Um, so yeah, he had a great, great freshman season, and I was really glad for him. Um, he seems to be a, a very hard worker and uh, seems to fit in tremendously there at Wisconsin. Seems to be a great fit for him. So hope, hope he continues to have that success there. Um, but yeah, like you said, yeah, he's one of the top, yeah, top ten all-time leading scorer in the state. So we knew we had our hands full. Uh, with him and with their team, and you know they were well coached, and, and there were some other nice players around them too. You know, the six seven kid inside, and, and some good guard play, um, you know, out on the perimeter with some size. Um, but again, I would say we were just very uh, fortunate to be battle tested uh, from our area. You know, the, the number of quality players that we face around here, and uh, you know, again over the summer, which was. Like, like this year, I, I was like, this is great. We got to face two Kentucky Mr. Basketball guys, you know, this past summer. And, and that, that summer before that year, we got to face some tremendously talented players, you know, uh, from over in Louisville and Indianapolis over the summer, you know, around our area. You know, of course, you talked about the great run Silver Creek was making with, you know, uh, you know, Division One, you know, caliber players, you know, there. Uh, so it was something, you know, North Harrison had E1 caliber players at the time. Um, you know, and, and, and just other, the list goes on and on, you know. Um, so we were, I think, prepared and, and we were, we were battle tested. We were battle tested, as I said, um, facing really good players. So that gives you confidence where like we knew going in, like we can play with anybody because, because we play all the big boys, you know, around here and, uh, and, and really good, really good teams with really good players who are well coached. Um, and, and, you know, earlier in that run, we also faced a, a great player in, um, in uh, you know, from Linton Stockton, Joey Hart, you know, who, who's, uh, I guess, now going to UK, right? Um, so, you know, we faced him in regionals. And like I said, during the course of the regular season and that summer, we had faced several other, you know, Division I uh, top-tier talented players. So that does instill some confidence and belief in your boys that you can compete uh, with some with some really good with some really good talented uh, players and squads and yeah we just you know the boys executed the game plan to a T um, and uh, you know we made shots uh, that always helps you know and, yeah. uh, and 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 we did what we do you know defensively and uh, you know we do play defense I guess a, a little bit differently than than most and um, you know, it can be an advantage sometimes, I think, that, that maybe we play a little differently. And I, I really, honestly, some other coaches just kind of mentioned, like, yeah, you know, sometimes when you look at you guys on film, you're not maybe as impressive, but you guys just, 
you know, we, we play a little differently. So I, I think that that is uh, maybe an advantage uh, at times. Um, but yeah, the, the boys very proud of of their just just an extreme attention to detail and and extreme intensity with their preparation, uh, both uh, on the court and and in film. You know, during that run and during that week, and then just darn near flawless execution, which we knew we had to be uh, exceptional uh, to to be able to to beat a team of, of that caliber and and the boys like i said i'm just grateful that they chose they chose a good time to play the best game of their life yeah <laughs> well so, to, to, to kind of go off of that coach we're talking about you know we mentioned the summer and kind of the idea that you've got to kind of restart start from fresh a little bit every june as you look forward to another upcoming basketball season there's a couple of other things that are going to be kind of in the way of preparation a little bit as we get into some rule changes with this upcoming basketball season, looking at, uh, you know, the sideline inbound, now taking away the deep corner inbound option, and then going back to our free throw, the free throw change rule from the one-in-one situation to now we're at five fouls in every quarter. Uh, I know you had a chance to maybe play with that a little bit up there at the Charlie Hughes, kind of get your feet wet a little bit. How do you feel like those changes are going to impact the upcoming basketball season? Yeah, it's going to be different. You know, I've talked to some other coaches about it. Yeah, I mean, no more one-and-one. Yeah, that's, (laughs) you know, we'd always, you know, make them run extra if they missed the front end of a one-and-one, you know. It's like, there's no one-and-one anymore, coach. Can't do that to me. It's a player love it. But, uh yeah, it's going to change some things, you know, with the reset of fouls at the end of each quarter. Yeah. You know, so sometimes in the fourth quarter, you might have to be accruing some fouls, you know, if you need to stop the clock kind of deal. You know, if, if you're in the lead, then, you know, that's a good thing. If you're behind, it can be challenging. You know, again, without the, the one and one, you know, you could kind of get back in some games or you could throw some games away and lose some by missing the front end of a one-and-one, you know. Um, It's going to change things, you know. Also, like end-of-quarter stuff, you know, our team's going to be fouling and, you know, kind of more of some of the more um, situational stuff that you typically are accustomed to seeing more in the college game, you know, or, or, or professional game. You know, still not to the same degree. You know, no shot clock, obviously, but but still I think more – kind of situational scenario stuff that will play out at the end of quarters as a result. And, um, you know, so there's just going to be some things that I think we're kind of, all of us are working through and figuring out. And I think some things are going to happen to to you uh, unexpectedly at times with strategy that other coaches might do that you might have to pick up on and learn, you know, um, I just think it's. I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I, I, I right. Um, I mean, I might be overstating it, but I can already kind of tell that it's just going to be a little different. You know, um, I might have some fouls to give, and and, and you know, uh, we we try we <laughs> we try to say you know play aggressively without fouling, but uh, sometimes those those daggone officials don't cooperate. <laughs> you know, and they call fouls on us. <laughs> so so. Uh, if, if we're in a situation like that, it can be nice if you reset, you know, in the second quarter, 
or, or vice versa in the fourth right. quarter. You know what I mean? So it does take uh, a little bit more to kind of get in the bonus, you know, now. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a little different. Um, and I, I'm not sure if I like it or don't like it yet. I guess time will tell. Yeah, I was trying to follow the, the Hughes tournament a little bit on Twitter and some of the, the writers and the scouts, they were discussing certain teams and strategies and how there were a couple yeah. of teams already, you know, late late in the clock situations, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, they were utilizing their fouls. They hadn't used up all five yet. And yeah. so they were going into a, a foul method, you know, to try and keep the team from getting the look they wanted to just the end of the first or second yeah. quarter. So, uh, you know, the strategy right. that comes into play there just simply to take a team out of what they want to do even that early in the game when we've been so accustomed to end of clock, don't right. foul, don't foul, don't foul. Exactly, uh, exactly. All that is now kind of slowly seems to be tipping the other direction. Yeah, I, I agree. And, yeah, we, we, we experienced some of that too. And, um, yeah, you just got to make sure you got the right guys in. And there's going to be – you got to make sure you're doing it properly and, you know, not, not having the wrong guys foul and that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> we, 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 uh, we, we had a fail. Uh, we had a failed attempt in a, in a, in a big game there in Kentucky in, in that final game against a team where we had one to give. So we're like, wow. <laughs> and then the kid, we had a younger kid in and we, 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 we busted his chops for it. And then we said, it's okay. <laughs> you know, we'll learn it. <laughs> we gave him a hug and said, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then he went and fouled. He fouled the kid who had scored the uh, 4,300 career points, uh, you know, at the end of a quarter to give him two free throws. And, of course, the kid made both of them. Yeah. So, like, well, learning learning point right there. Uh, yeah, you live with that in June. But, Just uh, make sure yeah. you don't do it in February. That's right. That's, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's that's great. a teachable, teachable moment. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kid was thinking when I was yelling at yelling at him from across the gym. Oh, coach is teaching me. That's what he said. <laughs> coach is just teaching me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Coach, that's that's great. And and as we're um, I got a couple more questions here for you. And these are more just some kind of personal personal ones for you. Um, do you and I and some coaches have been a little reluctant to to uh, you know reveal this one here but do you have any favorite quick hitter sets that you'd like to go to some that are you know kind of your old reliable sets you don't have to give too much but anything that man that's your favorite yeah you know um I, like i said i heard coach shannon's you know when he was on here and and talking about um just you know trying to maybe forecast what a team might be doing you know especially out of timeouts and and then trying to, or you've seen something, and so just that general idea of, of kind of getting a read on something, and when your guys can execute it, it's a it's a nice thing. When the other team executes it on you, you're like, damn, I knew they were going to do that. <laughs> uh, you, know, you kind of see it coming. You're like, oh, no, you see it in slow motion. Here it comes. Um, but, you know, um, it's nice when your team can come out and execute something like that. Uh, you know, I mean <laughs> – sets i counted up last year the last two years by the end of the year we had like uh about 30 sets which we're not really a set heavy team either we're, we're mostly just run motion so i think i need to uh whittle that down a little bit simplify a little bit uh, 
what, what I will say about sets, and especially at the high school level, there's only so much time. Um, I, I was talking of one of uh, a, a gentleman who coaches at Purdue now. Um, used to coach my brother when he was in college. I was talking to him, and Purdue, their execution, you know, I don't know how much you guys watch Purdue play, but their offensive execution of their sets are just like second to none. But the amount of time they spend on it, you know, I was talking to Coach, um, it's like, wow, okay, now I understand why you guys execute at such a high level. Um, But, yeah, you know, in terms of sets, um, just, you know, taking advantage of putting your best players in in positions to to make a play and and not overcomplicating it, which sometimes I can do. And uh, sometimes you just got to get out of the way of your players and and create a scenario where you you put a couple of your best players in a situation to go make a play. Um, But, yeah, you know, sets have been good for us, and they helped us win a state title. But I I try not to run too many. and I keep saying each year I'm gonna I'm gonna simplify it and do less and be better at execution. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I, I, I that, that's I'm I'm not a master at sets. That's that's not my focus. But when you can get a good one out of a timeout, and um, you know that's some, that's something I'm interested. I like to talk to coaches about, like, hey, how much time do you spend on sets? When do you run your sets? And and I, I will say our guys get fairly good at what we execute, but. We spend a lot more time on just kind of, I want our guys to be able to know how to play the game and make reads and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when, when I, I, always, I always admire other coaches and programs that, um, that run sets at a, at a very um, efficient uh, level of execution. That, that's something that I admire, um, and it's, it's, it's not easy to do. But you got to spend time. If, if you want to do that too, so so all I guess well prioritizing what you think is uh, most valuable for your program. Well, and, and coach, kind of that point, we've taken up quite a bit of your time, so we'll try not to take up a whole lot more here. We've got a couple of. Oh, uh, I'm I'm the one who talks too much, so we got a couple of of kind of go to questions here on the on the picket fence podcast, and if you need a couple of seconds to think about it, we'll give you a few seconds here, but. Uh, one of the lists we put out early on in starting this was each Cam and I's top five Indiana high school basketball players. So if you could yeah. if you could structure your own list, it can be five of the same position. It can just be a, a list of your top five, or you can go position by position. If you were to put together your top five list, who would those guys be? Man, well, I'd like to hear your I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna change slightly just because I will do an extreme disservice to those uh, to those ball players that came long before me such as a that's like a long before us such as like an Oscar yeah. Robertson for example right like he's he's probably on that list you know uh, McGinnis you know some of these guys that go back in the day that I know were dominant players um, but I won't do justice to it um, and even even guys like a felt like a Steve Green who was here, uh, you know, locally. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not, not, we were just up at IU this past uh, summer, and I was looking, I was like, wow, I didn't realize what a decorated college career he had, you know, up at IU. But I, I mentioned him just because, you know, he's a Southern Indiana guy. You know, I, I'm not necessarily saying those guys are like my top five, but I'm just saying some guys that, that preceded us quite a bit who I will do a disservice 
I know I'll be leaving people out. Um, I would like to hear your alls, um, and, and I will tell you briefly, like, from a southern Indiana perspective, um, guys, more recent, uh, I'll say recently, but, you know, we'll start, like, when I was a kid, obviously Damon Bailey, you know, you got to throw him in the mix. I'd be, you know, eight, nine, you know, ten years old. My dad would take me to go watch him play, especially when they faced, like, Jeffersonville, New Albany, yeah. Floyd Central, you know, those Hoosier Hill matchups. And, man, those gyms would be sold out, and it was insane. And uh, which leads me to the next guy, uh, Romeo Langford. Obviously, um, I was at Floyd Central coaching, uh, you know, while with, with Coach Sturge and, and Walters and, and the crew there, uh, Micah. I remember taking Micah Wilcher out. You know, Micah's a little bit younger than me. Micah's my, my brother's age. Reminds me a lot of my brother. We, we became, you know, really close. And I took Micah, it was before tip-off, for the, the sectional championship game, um, New Albany versus Floyd Central. Much anticipated matchup. You know, New Albany had one loss on the year. It was to, to Floyd, you know, at our place during the regular season and kind of knew whoever won that had a shot to make a run. Uh, the place seats 8,000, but I was told there were 10,000 there, you know, because they, they were selling they were selling counterfeit tickets. Like somebody started selling counterfeit tickets. <laughs> tickets were going for like 100 bucks. Like I know people who paid 100 bucks, you know, to get into that game. Um, but I, before they let people in, I remember just showing, I, I, and I, I go on about this because it's just something, it was just so incredible. And it reminded me of when I was a kid, the Damon Bailey years. And I just, I was like, Micah, you have to look at this. The lines must have stretched like like all corners of the building. They must have stretched a, a quarter, I'm not kidding, like well over a quarter of a mile deep yep. in all corners of the building. And this was like an hour and a half, two hours before the tip-off. It was just unbelievable. Um, but you, you got to throw Romeo Langford in there, uh, I think, and I, I just, because I, I, I got to witness just how, just the, the whole spectacle of it. You know, during that run, was just so amazing to be in to be involved in some of those games, and you know, be at a game of ten thousand people, you know, in a gym that seats eight thousand <laughs> people, just standing in all corners. It was just un unreal. But um, but yeah, that kind of reminded me a similar, just like this phenomenon, you know, of just like holy cow, you're not going to see this very often, you know. Um, so Romeo's got to be up there, especially from kind of a Southern Indiana point um you know so those two guys are, are for me you know at two of the top list for our southern indiana area uh you know you talk about some other guys out of the, the 80s and 90s like pat graham you know mr basketball and again i'm just kind of going more of my kind of lifetime you know because I, I just do a disservice to, to those others probably um but you know mr basketball obviously great career at iu i think you got to throw him up there uh you know our my buddy now over there at jeff uh, sharon wilkerson Mr. Basketball, um, you know, went to IU and starts as a freshman, which it just didn't happen in that era. Um, you know, I think you got to put him in there, and he had some other phenomenal players on his team as well. New Albany had great players, you know, uh, during that stretch as well. Uh, Ladrill Whitehead, if you remember him, uh, and uh, Lamont Rowland, those kind of names. But another guy uh, who, who I, I coached with for a year at Floyd Central, and, and uh, whose brother I coached with here at Providence, who's our freshman coach last year, and now glad for him to have uh, gotten a sectional title. Um, the Winchester boys. Uh, Anthony Winchester yeah. was a heck yeah. of a ball player at, uh, at, at Austin. Um, he, he was a dominant player. I've, I've watched him score multiple 50, 
you know, plus point performances. So, you know, of, of this kind of more recent era and in our southern Indiana area, those are some names that I'd kind of toss out there. And I apologize if I'm leaving some others out because <laughs> there are just, you know, a bunch of awesome players. And even recently we've had just a bunch of phenomenal players around here, you know, the Silver Creek guys that were, you know. But th those guys are uh, definitely uh, on, on my list. Who, who do you guys have? You guys have probably done some real thinking about this and, and have, have a legit list. Cam, you want to? Cam, drop yours. We did. We did our full list, uh, and I think we even did like ten, and then did like a starting lineup. We had a lot of those guys to attest to Winchester did make our list. Um, I'm a North Harrison guy, and I went when I was a kid, and he had 55 and didn't play the fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, but gosh, going back to that, we had. I think I had Oscar one. I had Bailey, too. I had McGinnis in my top five, I believe. Um, now i got to go back. i got to go back and look a little bit. But um, <laughs> Man, you know who else was dominant? Uh, Lawrence North, that, that stretch about close to your all's age, I guess, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, Greg Oden. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. those are some dominant teams. Those are we, some dominant teams, too. Yeah, we had, we had Oden on there. I think we've got it on our social media page there, Derek. Um, as I'm going to look back at that, but um, definitely some of those guys you mentioned. We didn't have as many of the recent guys, but those were some great ones to throw out there. Um, we also had, looking back there to our first list, oh, Rick Mount. Oh, there you go. The guy oh, yeah. that I there. I know, Derek, you had, you had Greg Oden. Yeah, I went with mine. I went more of just like if I were going to structure my team and have a like lineup. yeah. So if I were to put together yeah. a starting lineup one through five, I went Damon Bailey at the point, uh, Oscar Robertson at the two, Jay Edwards from Marion at the three. Oh yeah, oh yeah, boy, those Marion teams. Holy oh, they cow. Were, talk about a dominant. Yeah, you talk about there. talk about loaded. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then I went uh, McGinnis at the four, and then Odin at the five. There you go. I went, I went too far off then. No, you're right on oh, there. No, you're on track. <laughs> no, like I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do any injustices. So I hey, this is a this is a judgment-free zone, Coach. No, man. There you go. Well, you know. Is, K, is Casey going to bring out this on your list? Casey? Hey, is Casey, Casey's on my list. Casey's on my <laughs> list. Oh, I'll, I'll, he's on my list. Trust me. I told him, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's on my list. That's great. Well, one more question for you, Coach. We did another uh, fun list a few a few weeks ago. We talked about our favorite basketball movies. I know we were going down the, the rabbit hole with Hoosiers to start off the yeah. start off podcast, but do you have a favorite basketball movie or a couple favorites? Well, I only know of one. Now, the movie, no. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be Hoosiers, you know? it's It's got to be Hoosiers. Like, it's just, uh, for me, that that is the... That is the movie, the basketball movie, the yeah. one and only. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that, all others are sacrilegious. <laughs> what's that? What's that? All, all others are sacrilegious in Indiana. A hundred percent. Yes, you, you will. We'll have to send you across the river to Kentucky. <laughs> to say otherwise, it's Hoosiers all day, every day. Man, well, Norman <laughs> shooter, Jimmy Chitwood, let's go. Once yeah. again, guys, Coach Ryan Miller with us from Providence. 
Coach, cannot thank you enough for taking the time today to jump on here with us and talking basketball and your program and the success you guys have had and wish you even more success and, and good luck on the upcoming season. Try and enjoy the rest of your summer and get a little bit of sleep. That's right. I know. I know. It's been a busy time, but a fun time. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I hope I didn't uh, talk too much. My, my, wife, uh, my wife will tell you that I definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, comes, it's a pleasure. It's a it comes with the territory, I think. It. What's that? So I think that comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing. This is cool. Um, pleasure to meet you, Derek. Same uh, to you, Coach. appreciate both you guys coaching as well what you guys are contributing to the game. Um, it's uh, our, 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 we need more of it. And the last thing I'll say too, like just like appreciate what you guys are doing and also officials, like just being grateful and thankful for those guys. Cause as we see, you know, and that's, uh, you know, as I, as I kind of get a little older, just trying to, now it may not always show. I'll, I'll probably still yell at a few of them when they don't make the call, you know, appropriate, you know, for my uh, unbiased perspective, but, but just, uh, grateful to have you guys you know coaching doing what you're doing here to kind of promote the game uh you know here in our area and uh and and also our officials too just grateful for what they do because uh, it takes it takes all of us um to continue to propel this great game forward and we are so fortunate and blessed to be able to be a part of this game in the great state of indiana where uh hoosier hysteria it's still alive and strong. No doubt. Yes, sir. All right. All right, Coach. Thanks, Appreciate coach. it, man. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, just another great interview um, with Coach Ryan Miller. We're really, really thankful to Coach Miller. Um, wish him the best of luck with this program there at Providence. And um, we're just really – we've been pretty blessed, Derek, to have some pretty great coaches come yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to say, a big thank you. I mean, Coach Miller and Coach Shannon, Coach Thompson, Coach Nash, these guys that have taken time out of their day to, to jump on with us, they definitely don't have to. Um, we're talking about four guys that have gone up and, and won state championships. And, again, I've, I think we both feel pretty lucky, pretty blessed to be able to have these guys on and not just talk basketball but also talk a little bit of life and – share some knowledge and share some of our thoughts with them. So it's been really fun. Yeah, it has been for sure. I feel like I've learned so much from just a little bit of time that they've given us. Yeah. We're really thankful for that. We're really, really excited um, for the next few guests that we'll have. Um, we'll be announcing those as well. Um, check us out on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, um, thanks for joining us. We're really Press uh, the share button. Yeah, please. Yeah, please share. We'd love to have more people get to listen. Uh, get to enjoy the, the knowledge that these coaches have just been um, gracefully giving to us. Um, thanks again for being with us. And as always here on the Picket Fence Podcast, don't, don't get, get caught, caught watching the watching paint the dry. Paint dry.